Can I ask everyone to do something real quick? So don't do it yet. Just sit tight. Let me get through everything, and then then we'll do it. So we're we're gonna we're gonna move seats. We're gonna we're gonna move seats and rows. We're gonna just like if if you're on the front row, I don't want you on the front row anymore. If you're on the left, I don't want you on the left. Here, if you're on the right, just move back a row, up a row. Just just um, just move somewhere. Like like y'all over here, like you won't be over there anymore. Like don't just move like one seat over. That's you know that, no. Like it's got to be at least four seats and three back or two up. Okay, are we clear? Okay. I'm actually not going to ask us to do this, but that's simply because of time management. Okay. Part of me really wanted to see the chaotic movements, but more than anything, I wanted you to gauge your own personal reaction. Some of you were discomforted. Some of you were irritated because you didn't like being told what to do. Because you chose that seat, and by golly, you want to stay in that seat. We like being in charge. We don't like standing out for whatever, whatever the reasons. That exercise, that even just that mental exercise, because we didn't do the physical part of it, that should be indicative of our state of openness in church when we walk into this place. It should be representative of we walk in not firmly set in where we're sitting or what our state is or what our comfort level is or whether or not we like standing out or not or whether or not we like being told what to do or not. When we walk into this place, there needs to be a flexibility in our heart that we say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me. Lord, I make myself available to you. Lord, I make my strengths available to you, but Lord, I make my weaknesses available to you too. See, if we think of things that are indicative of, of this church experience, we might think of something like, you know, like a nice warm blanket, like something, that could, you know, because we're comforted in church and it's, you know, there's warmth in our togetherness and that's great. That's a wonderful side benefit. That's, that's great. But, but that ability to move and be flexible and be stretched by the Lord and even to be a little uncomfortable, that should be more indicative of our experience in our local gathering than that warm, comfortable blanket or that bowl of popcorn. Hey, I'm here to get entertained. And, and there's some really entertaining churches. I think there's elements at times this is entertaining. I think for the most part not. That's okay. But I think because there's some really entertaining churches, we think church is entertainment. And so we show up for entertainment. Where's my popcorn? This seat doesn't recline, but I'm okay with that. The church doesn't exist to entertain and provide warmth. The church exists to glorify God. Our gathering, this uh, ecclesia, one of the words for the church, it means the gathering, the assembly. Our gathering is to glorify. And our gathering is to grow. That's why we gather. And there's wonderful benefits. We get to do it together. There's togetherness. But we come to glorify the Lord and to grow. In Ephesians 4, it says that, that Jesus gave gifts to the church to grow the church. And, and he mentions the pastor. Like, so the gift that I am to you as a pastor is given to you to grow you. So why are we so bothered when we're asked to sacrifice something? Why are we so bothered when we're asked to sacrifice comfort? Some of y'all, I mean, I really, I should have broke out my phone. I should, I should have had that planned. I didn't think this through enough. To have, to capture the looks on your faces. Like, my wife's look was, oh, 
I love you, but what are you doing? Like that, that, that was, yeah, and that was probably the nicest of the looks, okay? I, I know sometimes we don't like being told what to do, but where do we draw the line on that? Let me just ask you, where do you draw the line on, I know you don't like being told what to do because you're the boss, right? I'm the boss. So where do we, how disciplined are we in our lives where we know how firmly how to draw that line and how do we have these safeguards in place that when God tells us to do something that we don't just ignore him like we do every time else someone else asks us to do something. Man, it must really take a discipline. I don't got that discipline. I can, I can be mad at everyone else telling me to do something, but when God comes to tell me, oh, no, no, the line's gone. Yeah, Lord, I say yes. Earlier this week, before, before snow, um, Cadence, uh, my daughter Cadence, came to me, and Kara and I were watching the show, and Cadence came in, and she said, hey, Dad, can I borrow your car to drive to uh, Cherry Creek, the Cherry Creek Mall? And uh, I'm like, no, I'm just not comfortable. I, I, I just, there's one-way streets, and you're not comfortable with that. And, you know, I, I'm not, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And I gave my reasons, and then I gave options. You can go to, um, I said Park Meadows. I didn't mean Park Meadows. What I meant was Flatirons. But I, so I ultimately landed on the right answer. You can go to Flatirons. You can go to Boulder. You can go, you know, but, but I don't want you going to Cherry Creek in the car. No. And she kind of persisted quite a bit. And my wife said, uh, your dad has just been very generous in offering his car and giving you options. And honey, you're acting like a diva. And maybe you need to just walk away. And to Cadence's credit, she kind of went and walked away. And... You know, I, I think she just probably had this deep moment of contemplation mixed with grumbling. I don't know. But I think we can be like, like that sometimes. We can be divas. We can, we can say, this messes with my comfort. This messes with my, my securities. You know, who are you to tell me what to do? Um, it messes with us. Sometimes we're all, we all act like divas. Some of you have it more than others. Some of you have it more than Beyonce. And I'm talking about the men. Why do I, do I, why am I camping on this? At the beginning of the year, it's a great time to cast vision. It's a great time to remind of who we are as the church and what God has called us to. It's a great time to remind us to be Dependable, relational, available, flexible, and teachable. The first Sunday of the year is the perfect time to remind us of some really key things. And so uh, we've got graphics. We're going to kind of flip through some key things early on. Um, Our mission at Impact Rock Church is helping people love and follow Jesus. Helping people love and follow Jesus. And I do want to encourage us and challenge us and sharpen us with this. Do our attitudes help people love Jesus? Do our attitudes. Does your attitude help people follow Jesus? Does your attitude help people love Jesus? And I think a lot of times things start with that. And then do our actions, do our prayers help people Love Jesus. Do our prayers help people follow Jesus? That's, this is why we're here, y'all. We have three pillars. And those pillars are this. A profound love for God. It starts with our relationship with Christ. Profound love for God. Genuine love for his church. We're to have a genuine love with one another. We call ourselves a church family. And, and here's the, the crazy thing about family. You don't get to pick family. You have family. It's your family. So either we're going to have grace for each other or we're not. We're going to have 
We're going to pray for one another or we're not. We're going to support one another and grow with one another or we're not. But we are called to have an authentic, genuine love for his church, which is, which is us. And then even beyond this, we're having a city celebration coming up. And we get to gather together as the church. We, we should all be here next Sunday night. It's going to be awesome. And then demonstrative love for his lost. We can't talk about love for those who don't know Jesus. We have to also demonstrate it. Now, we do have to talk about Jesus. I, I, there's a saying I hate. Uh, I, yeah, I want to go ahead. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So the saying is, um, love people and if necessary, use words. Am I getting that wrong? Have you guys heard that before? Like, love people deeply and wonderfully and if necessary, use words. You're looking at me like you've never heard that before. I, I might be butchering it, but you know what I'm talking about. I think that thing is, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. If I'm letting people know about Jesus, I have to, which is the greatest love, I have to use words. That's like saying, let people um, know about um, the fulfillment of eating and if necessary, use food. No, you've got to use food. You've got to use food in that scenario. There are seven traits that we came up with a handful of years ago that we thought exemplified being a healthy church, being a, being a healthy group of saints. That passage in Ephesians 4 says that, that we are to grow the church, to, to you know, um, be a blessing to the saints in this, in this act of service, to equip the saints to do this work of ministry. So what makes healthy saints? And we believe this exemplifies it. Love, generosity, presence, which honestly presence, what that means to us is an acknowledgement of the presence of God in our life and the acknowledgement of, of, of the Holy Spirit. Discipleship, obedience, power, and salvation. I'm not going to unpack each of those today. It would be too long but the point I make in that is we are to be the healthiest most passionate body we can we've got to grow there's got to be an intentionality in our faith that says I'm not just going to stay where I am I'm going to grow in the Lord I'm not just content to be where I am I'm going to grow I'm going to eat I'm going to act I'm going to serve I'm going to love, I'm going to give, I'm going to follow. I'm going to trust. It's interesting, there's a kind of a shift that we just had in in our thinking as a pastoral team recently because we've always emphasized like like leaders and leadership training and we're going to have a leadership training coming up soon. But the shift took place saying we need to make sure that we're just reminding everybody the value of being the saints, of being the, the best saints we can be, the best followers of Christ in this church we can be. And if we do that, I, we, we firmly believe that leadership will just, people will thrive in it and, and see things. And it'll, we'll be able to recognize certain hungers and ways to plug people in. A, a good, healthy church loves A good, healthy church serves. A good, healthy church gives. A good, healthy church connects. A good, healthy church prays. So that's, that's, there's a continued just uh, commitment that we have to that. We also have a couple areas of of continued commitment that we, we put in place last year and we have seen the fruit from it. And we just want to talk briefly about it today. So I'm going to ask Andy to come and talk to him about uh, uh, continued uh, commitment to youth and to outreach. So yeah, at the, at the tail end of, of last year as an eldership, we said we really need to put a renewed focus on our youth. We love our youth. We love our teens. We love our children. We pray for them every week. And we just wanted to give them opportunities to connect to fellowship to 
be able to invite their friends in where they may not be comfortable coming to a Sunday service, but they would come to like an event. And, and so we did some of that. And so we just wanted to highlight some of those things and just let the teens know that we're committed to continuing that focus uh, into 2022. We want to do more things like that, more opportunities uh, for you to connect and fellowship and bring in your friends. So in October of last year, we had an event at uh, Anderson Farms, and I think we have a few pictures of that. And it was just an amazing time. We got a couple of fire pits. Uh, we rented those, and some of the adults hung out. And, I mean, even the adults, we had a, we had a great time, you know, not just serving the kids and uh, cooking hot dogs and all of that, but just being able to chat with one another and see the kids connect and um, you know, they went through the corn maze and did all of those things and invited friends, and it was just an amazing time. Um, teens, did you guys enjoy that? Yeah? It was cool, right? So uh, then in November, and this one, honestly, guys, like, I'm especially proud of our teens. So the event that we did for the youth in November was actually outreach. So we did a Thanksgiving outreach where we partnered with uh, the church and others in the community uh, we had some folks that um, we partner with, uh, Erie Uplink, uh, the Solo Moms group that meets here, to kind of spread the word, uh, to help us find the need. But uh, on that night, um, we gathered together to put the, the bags together, and the teens were involved in that. And, you know, you might think, like, oh, they're going to be so excited. You know, we had this cool, fun event at the farm, and now we're going to, like, assemble bags. But they were all about it. And, in fact, there was... Uh, just like, no, I want to take the bag out to this family. I want to be able to bless them with this. And it was just so cool. And so, guys, I was so proud of you. It was really cool. Uh, we were able to provide 50, I think 58 Thanksgiving meals for people, which was really cool. And as I was thinking about this, you know, in, in Hebrews 10, it says that we're to stir one another to love and good works. And, guys, as we were doing this and as people within our community were hearing about it, they were inspired, and they wanted to help. And so that 58 baskets came from our church, and it came from others in our community, which was just amazing. So that was really cool. And then in December, we had a youth Christmas party, um, which was really fun. And uh, I know you guys saw all the paper chains and the decorations, and um, it was just really fun. We, we watched um, the Chosen Christmas special, which I heard, you know, some of the teens were really touched by that, and and then we watched Elf, which was just a really fun time. We had spaghetti, and it was just cool. And again, it was an opportunity for um, the teens to invite their friends in and, and just fellowship and, and be able to uh, connect together, which was, uh, was just amazing. So, you know, it was a lot of work, but it was super fun, and we're going to continue to do that into this coming year. And then I also wanted to spend a few minutes just to talk about outreach. I, I talked about the Thanksgiving outreach, which was really cool. And then for Christmas, uh, we partnered with Mountain States Children's Home in, it's on the north end of Longmont, it's almost birthed. But um, Kim and I actually were able to uh, deliver that, and it was just an honor and a joy to do it. And guys, I'll tell you, like, this is a, it's a pretty amazing organization. They, they have, like, I think six houses where they provide a place for teens in various situations to have a safe place to learn and to grow that uh, aren't able to be with their, their families, and um, they provide meals and all these things for them. And they were just blown away. Like, when we came there, they were asking us about our church, and they were like, we'd never heard of Impact Rock Church. Like, what's, where are you at? What do you, you know, how big are you? All these things. And we said, you know, we're not a huge church. We're in Erie, and this is kind of what we do. But they were helping us unload all these gifts, and they were just blown away. They were blown away at our generosity. And that just touched my heart because that's a core value of our church. We want to be generous. And one of the things that the, one of the gentlemen said there that, that just really touched my heart was, he said, you may be small in number, but you're mighty indeed. So guys, like, I just want to encourage you. We may not be a huge church. We're not a church of 300 or 400 or whatever. But just like in the Word, when it talks about not despising your youth, don't ever despise our number. We want to grow. That's our heart. We want to see salvations and growth and expansion of the kingdom, but don't underestimate how God can use us. Don't underestimate it. I mean, they were blown away. It was just really cool. So, again, going into 2022, we just want to continue those things. We want to continue a focus on youth. We want to continue 
uh, to do even more in outreach. And, and let's just, as we do those things, whether it's youth events or outreach events, let's not limit ourselves. Let's think big. Let's dream big. Let's reach for things that are beyond us because when we do, God shows up and does amazing things. Oh, and then I forgot about the youth night. <laughs> yeah, so Jody uh, Romero was here for uh, a youth night with worship and all the churches got together and all the youth got to spend time together and that was amazing as well. So it's just really cool and we just want to continue uh, that into the next year. So we haven't locked down a date yet, um, but teens, we want you to know that um, we have locked down um, the person that we've asked to come bring the word. Uh, in uh, February, we're going to do another one of those combined youth nights here, and we've asked Joel Daniel to come and to speak and to just share his faith. Um, and so we're going to have uh, the youth worship team from Redemption City, and we're going we're gonna to host it again, so we'll be announcing a date. Last time, I want to say there were almost 70 uh, uh, young people in this place, and let's let's have it even more packed. Let's invite our friends and come, but we'll have that date for you guys here uh, in the next week or so. Um, a couple quick areas that we just want to kind of cast vision for. Um, as a church, we should always be growing in the area of worship, just just a personal expression of worship to the Lord, and we we're trying to be intentional in that as well. At the end of this month, we have Pastor Al Keach, um, who was Karen and I, he was our pastor, but more than that, um, he uh, led the uh, worship department at Christ for the Nations International in Texas and their school of worship. And he, he led that school of worship. And so that's really an area that he um, is just so knowledgeable in and anointed in. So he's going to come, he's going to lead worship and teach on worship. Uh, that, that day, Marie and I recently, we spent a couple hours together just talking about worship. One of the things that's on both of our hearts is getting our young people plugged in. Um, young people, like like from kids on up. Now we kind of have we have some teens represented on the worship team, and then we've you know got like older adults. We kind of need some adults in like the twenties. We have this gap of people there, um, and we also speaking of gaps, we need a drummer. Do any of y'all drum? Anyone anyone drums? If you don't, do you know a drummer? We, we, we need to pray that in, but also if you know a drummer, so young people at school, like go to the band room, and if you see a drummer there, say, hey, we need a drummer. At tr- I'm serious. We need a drummer. I'll leave it at that. Um, connect groups and home groups. Um, we're starting connect groups and home groups, and we actually are starting with one right now. Kara and I are leading a home group uh, in, our, in our church. We've already kind of sent out the invites. We're, we're keeping it very small. It'll be including us. So just before um, families in this connect group. And that's kind of one of the things that we have vision for is keeping them small, but uh, just a tight group to come together, study scripture in, pray for one another, grow. Um, and so we're letting it start with us. And just so you guys know, with our connect groups, they're going to be six-month cycles. And so you're not like, um, you know, you're not married to, to that group forever. It's like, what if I get in a bad group and now I'm stuck with it forever? Like, no, just, you can get out in six months, or, you know, you can get out before, <laughs> you get out before then. Hopefully the groups don't stink, but you know, it's a six-month cycle, um, and I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Okay, the last thing that we just want, that we have to cast vision for, because, and we're saving, truly saving the best for last, um, is, well, I will call Kara up and have her come up, and then she We'll talk about, uh, we'll let the anticipation build a little bit more. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm going to share a little bit about our preschool. So this is something that's been on our hearts since the conception of Impact Rock Church. It was church in a preschool, and that was in 2010. Um, and we kind of, it was a big dream. Planting a church was a big dream. And so we kind of tackled that first, and then for years, we still wanted to do the preschool. We'd pray about it. We'd talk about it. And then we'd go, yeah, that's really big. And put it back on the shelf. Until 2020, and the Lord was like, I was sitting in my loft area praying and spending time with the Lord. And I felt like he said, do you want to do this preschool? And I was like, gosh, I so want to do this preschool. It's so my heart. And I kind of felt him say, well, at this point, you're kind of just being disobedient. 
And that is probably the worst thing you can hear from the Lord. And so two weeks later, I was enrolled in school, and I have taken 11 college courses since then. I am um, applying to get my director's certification. I have all the qualifications now. I just need to apply and actually get the certificate. And we are starting the process of everything else. So I have a slideshow because I'm a visual learner, so I'm trying to implant some things in your heart so we can journey together. So um, the name as of right now is Little Lunch Preschool. That may change. That is my uh, first attempt at a logo. Obviously, Mark will beautify it and make it much better than this. Um, But it's going to be a brand new Christian preschool. Um, Our heart is to provide Christ-centered, high-quality preschool. It's not going to be a janky little school, okay? It's going to be high-quality. It's going to um, hopefully reach all sorts of people. We want people who can afford it and people who can't. So we're going to get funding and all the things so that every child has a chance to receive a private Christian school education at the preschool level. Um, So our mission statement, um, I'm just going to kind of read through this. I've kind of highlighted in yellow because it's a lot of words, just kind of the main pieces. But the mission of Little Launch Preschool is to provide young children with an emotionally supportive and physically safe environment that encourages love for learning through a variety of play experiences. To respect each child through developmentally appropriate interactions as a unique reflection of God's love. Working together with parents and spiritual leaders, we expect to encourage children to learn about the life of Jesus and follow his example. We seek to develop Christian character by modeling love, kindness, compassion, and honesty as the foundation for a lifelong pattern. So in the preschool, we will teach all the things that preschoolers ages three to five need to know, the colors, the sounds, the shapes, all of the things. However, our, our first and foremost goal is to teach them the love of Christ. And um, that is really our passion. And so it will, it will be a Christian curriculum, all of those things. If you have ideas about curriculum and you have ideas about things, we'd love to hear it. I've been doing a lot of research, but we haven't landed on anything specific as far as curriculum, but it will be, everything we do will be Christ-centered. The children will know the love of God. They will be being taught the principles of the Bible, obviously age-appropriate, but the Spirit of God is going to flow through these classrooms. Um, Okay, for teachers and children, um, in providing a high-quality preschool, um, there's this thing called ratios. So the state mandates that you have a certain amount of ratio teacher to student, that they see is best. We are going to double that. And so the teacher to ratio, um, kind of at the bottom here, we're going to have two classes, a preschool class, which is a little bit younger, the threes and fours, and a pre-K class, which is kind of the fours and fives. In the preschool age, the state ratio is one teacher to 10 children. If you've ever been with 10 children, ages three to four, that's a, that's a hard job. Um, We are going to double that and have two teachers for every 10 kids. We're going to have, it'll be a one to five ratio. And in the older class, the state says that one teacher is good for 12 children. We're going to double that and we're going to have two children for every 12 children. So it'd be one teacher for every six children. The purpose in that is to make sure these children are getting the highest quality education, but also attention and love and care. Um, our goal is not to just keep them busy. Our goal is to actually spend time with them, to engage with them, to teach them, to love them. And that's done better when the ratios are higher of teachers to children. Um, the enrollment and hours, all of this is obviously in the works, but here's our goal is to do half-day preschool. So it'll be morning classes and afternoon classes. So there will be options Monday, Wednesday, Friday, morning and afternoon, Tuesday, Thursday, morning and afternoon. Um, And then all the children will be ages three to five years old. And so looking out, it probably won't happen in the first year or two, but looking out, our goal is to house about 88-ish children in a school year. And so the way that works is we're going to have two classrooms. So in the hallway, there's three signs right now that say classroom one, two, and three. Classroom one and two, we're going to tear down that wall and make that a classroom. And then the, the bigger classroom will remain as is. Per square footage, you can have one child per every 35 square feet. And so that, that will house about 10 kids and about 12 kids. Um, once we get in there, if it feels too small or there's not enough space, we will adjust as necessary. Our goal isn't to make money. Our goal isn't to cram a bunch of kids in a classroom. It's to provide a high-quality um, preschool 
that uh, teaches children to love Jesus. So with all that being said, if we had morning and afternoon classes with those kinds of parameters, we could potentially impact 88 children in a school year, which is unbelievable. So that's kind of what we're working towards. The classes will be about two and a half, three hours. Um, we'll see what the hours need to be, but that's kind of the idea. So we'll have a morning class. The teachers will be able to break, tear down the classroom, get it ready for the next class, have lunch, and then do an afternoon class. All right, so the classroom. So this slide um, is just to give you an, an idea. This um, kind of drawing right here is one that I had to do for my class, and so the um, the square footage and stuff isn't to our classroom. But the reason I put it up here is so that you can kind of get an idea of all the things that need to happen to make a classroom an actual classroom. Jenny's a kindergarten teacher, and she's just smiling because she's like, boy, does she know this well. And so inside a preschool classroom, you have lots of learning centers. Typically, you can have up to 11 learning centers, um, sometimes even more. Um, but it's important to have different areas in the classroom. So for example, you'll see the highlighted areas. There's a science, a block, writing, reading, math, dramatic play, art. You also typically have an area where you do circle time and large group activities. And you also have smaller areas like cozy corners, um, little independent areas with math and manipulatives and things where children can do independent work um, as they get overwhelmed from the classroom or lots of children, they have time that they can also do independent things. And so in each of those centers are all sorts of little bitty things, little little manipulatives, little puzzles, little things. And so we don't have any of that yet. So there's, I'm trying to kind of build in your mind what needs to happen um, to make two actual classrooms. Um, our idea on the left um, is we are going to have classrooms that are neutral, colored, and uh, we want it to be very home-like. I don't want it to be sterile um, in like a bunch of loud, obnoxious colors in your face. It's going to be a space that is very welcoming and warm to the children, and we'll also have all sorts of things for them to do and create and to build and all of those fun things. So everything in the classroom has to be functional, it needs to be age appropriate, and it needs to be easy to clean and disinfect, right? We want to be as germ-free as possible, <laughs> which we could definitely use your help there, right? Um, this last week, the, uh, Kim found out one of the Goddard schools was moving and they were getting rid of a bunch of stuff, so we were able to go and pick up a bunch of shelves. So in that first little classroom, we have our first set of furniture. Um, so we have some shelves, we got some toys um, at a very discounted price. So if you are in the community and you're like, oh my gosh, I saw this on Facebook, or my friend is selling this, or the school's closing down, please let us know um, because we would love to kind of, as we go along, gather items as we go. All right, the next slide is about the playground. This is probably our biggest hurdle, you guys. Um, per state requirements, when you have a school, depending on the hours that the children are in class and at school, there's a certain amount of time that they have to be outside playing. It's an extension of the classroom. It's not like they learn on the inside and then they go outside and play. Kind of old school recess mentality, right? The playground is an extension of the classroom. So these are just kind of things um, ideas, but obviously we will see what the parameters are and what the square footage needs to be. But on the right side, uh, there's just kind of an idea. You can't really read it, but when you have a playground, you have to have different types of surfaces. You have to have part of it needs to be shaded. Part of it needs to be, there's all these parameters. If it's a certain height, then there has to be a fall zone around it, which requires a certain amount of mulch or a certain amount of um, kind of the rubber playground type of material. So all of these things are not chosen by us necessarily. They're, they're dictated by the requirements that the state puts forth for safety. And then we will do our best to, with our number of children and how long they'll be out there. You can see there's just lots of moving pieces. It also has to be surrounded by a fence that has gates at a certain amount of height, all of those fun things. So our goal is to build a playground right outside behind this wall. Um, it is the heart of Rich who owns the building. He has the golf, indoor golf, or sorry, the indoor tennis court. Um, and back when we got the building, that was part of our vision. We put it in with the city. It's already been approved. It's already been in our heart and in Rich's heart to have a school here. Um, we just need to get it done and approved with the state. So that, I think, could be our biggest prayer point. And if you can imagine, um, equipment and all of these things are very pricey. So... Um, like I said, this might be our greatest hurdle. All right, 
So the next one is just kind of a logo slide, um, just because I wanted to just touch on the fact that this is really big, you guys. And I'm not saying that because it's heavy, but because it's exciting. It's big and it's, it's exciting because God's going to do it. You know, he's going to do it. He's already made a way. We have received a couple checks in the thousands of people just saying, I heard you're doing a school. Here's $5,000. We got that last week. Just we heard you're doing a school. We want to plant a seed. We believe in what God is doing. And so it's tucked away for when we need it. Um, I want to tell a little story. Um, when we first found this space, um, we were looking all through town. Everything was either old and dilapidated and needed a lot of work, or it was brand new and we couldn't afford it. And so um, friends of ours were um, looking for buildings, looking for buildings. So we just kind of were like, yeah, it'll happen when it happens. But we, Mark, <laughs> everywhere we drove, our kids were like, oh my gosh, Dad. He'd be like, that would be a great church. And he'd go like open a door into an old property that was like had a no trespassing sign. And he was always just looking for the perfect church. Well, uh, Heath called us and said, I have your building. It had, this place hadn't even been on the market yet. It was an indoor golf place. Um, and so Rich, was the owner of the building, was like, I'd love to have a church here, which is crazy because most people are like, we don't want a church here. Um, and so we got in here. We started getting quotes from contractors, and they were like, it's going to cost $350,000 to build out a church here. And we're like, oh, my gosh, we had $50,000, you guys. And we were so excited because there were probably a pack of 12 or 30 of us at the time. And we're like, we had $50,000. We were so proud. We're like, God is amazing. And they're like, you're going to need $350,000 minimum to build this out into a church. And so we're like, all right, God, well, you told us to plant this church, so you're going to provide. You guys, we have pictures. We could show you picture after picture after picture. We could tell story after story after story of God's faithfulness of how it happened. Um, we would have cranes come in and, and pallets of conduit, electrical conduit, just dropped off that somebody would donate. We would have people give money. We would have people show up on their lunch hour to help build out things. Many of you and your children have written scriptures in the walls here and helped hammer something or help build something. Um, we, I do have one story. There was a guy, Brandon, in our church at the time, and he worked in Highlands Ranch and went to work at a contractor's company where he worked. And his boss was like, you guys, we really feel like God's called us to give, and we haven't really done that. Does anybody ha know anybody, like a church or a, or a Christian company or anything, where we can go? And Brandon's like, me, 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 my church, my church, my church. And so um, the guy's name is Jeremy, and he was like, okay, what's your church? And he's like, it's Impact Rock. And the guy, Jeremy, goes... Like Impact Rock Church in Erie, like Mark and Kara Harper? And Brandon's like, yes. So Jeremy's wife's name is Jenny. Jenny was my maid of honor in my wedding, in our wedding. To make a long story short, their company sent a team of people for two days straight. We fed them. We had crock pots and pop everywhere. They worked from day till night, probably two or three days in a row for free. So they came in, we got all the supplies together, we net networked with people, like we have this team coming, we have to have stuff, and the walls just started going up, going up, going up. Um, and I mean, that's what we needed, because we had a lot of people like ourselves who were like, I can hammer something, I can, I can kind of do stuff, not really. Um, so they came in and built it out for us. I mean, just unbelievable stories of his faithfulness. So I tell you that, because some of you know that story and some of you don't. Um, to say God is going, this is his church, this is his preschool, this is his vision, and it's his provision. He will provide. Amen? Amen. So the cost of the school, um, the playground, the classrooms, the security system, the sign-in system, the curriculum, all of the things is going to have a lot of money. Those estimates up there are just estimates of our initial research of, of looking at what things cost. Um, but I want you to see the zeros, but I also want you to be reminded that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he will provide the smallest of things like a box of Band-Aids to the biggest of expenses of whatever the most expensive thing will be. He will be the one who provides. So why a preschool? The town of Erie has seen a growth spurt of up to 40% in the last few years. Hundreds of new families are moving to the area. There's not a Christian preschool available for current families or incoming families as of right now. 
it would be an invaluable addition to our Erie community and the surrounding communities. Um, it would provide the highest level of care and education for our children, which they totally deserve. It would teach biblical truths and prepare children both academically and spiritually for their future. It would teach children the word of God and the truth of his word. It would be to make disciples. It would be to reach families with the unmeasurable love of Christ. It would bring freedom to the captives. Why a preschool? To respond to him with an obedient heart. To follow after him and his purpose with passion and fervor. To answer the call and to say yes once again. You guys, this isn't, this isn't my personal call. This is our church. He has called us as a church to do this. And so I will lead the charge. We will lead the charge. Um, but this is not my thing. This is not our pastoral thing. This is, we believe, what God has called our church to do. And you guys, I want you to visualize. I want you to visualize little people in the hallways. I want you to visualize them hurting and having a tough day and coming into class and a teacher having the spirit of God upon them and saying, hey, sweetie, are you having a tough day? Can I pray with you? I want you to visualize children knowing Christ at a young age and inviting their families to come to church and that family inviting their family or friends to come to church. It's always about the ripple effect. It's always with God about multiplication, you guys. So it is about math and it is about learning and it is about the ABCs and it is about learning how to manage their little emotions and how to do life as a three, four, and five-year-old. But the bigger picture is about kingdom. And so I, I really want us to grasp it's about the kingdom and it's about multiplication for his glory and to see people saved. So together we say, yes, Lord. So how can you help? I think the biggest way is to pray. You guys, this is the tool that as Christians we have that many of us tuck in our pocket and we don't, we don't utilize that tool. We don't pray. We say, oh, I'll pray for you, and we don't pray. We, I, I said it this morning, God spoke the world into existence with his words. How many times in the Bible does it say pray? Pray without ceasing. Pray, pray, pray. God knows I love him. God knows. No, pray. We're supposed to pray. So that, to me, is the biggest tool. So we need prayer about timing. I would love for our school to open in August. That's crazy. Just saying, that's crazy. However, God's timing. It could be August. It could be crazy, and we could open a year from right now in the middle of the year, which is not ideal to start a school in January in the middle of the year, but we could open then. Or we could wait till the next August. Or we can open on some random Tuesday in October. I don't know. God knows, and so we need to know his timing because what we don't want to do is open it until it's ready, until we feel like God's, God said go, right? Uh, provision. We obviously need provision in lots of different areas. We need favor with licensing. We are starting the process of applying, which is a lengthy process of all the things that we have to have ready to roll, and so we're working on that right now. From what I've heard from all my friends in the biz, um, your licensing person can make you or break you. They can nitpick every little thing or they can be really helpful and wonderful. So we want to pray for the right licensing people to help us. We need favor with the town and the fire department and all those fun things as well. We want the right teachers and we want the families and the children here that God has ordained to be here. So if you could pray for that. Um, I'm asking you, we're asking you to dream with us. So like I said before, it's his church. It's his preschool. We are his people. This town is his town. So um, I would love for this to be our church is starting a preschool. When you're talking to your friends and you're, you're out and about, our church, my church, is starting a preschool, right? Taking ownership. Um, asking God to show you his heart. Get a, get a visual for what he wants to do here. We've just got the beginning pieces. A lot of you may have the next pieces, right? A lot of you may have the next steps or the next connections, um, visualize the families, the children, the salvation, the healing that will come through the preschool. Um, dream with us about the impact it will have in our community. My prayer is that 40 years from now, when I'm old and I live somewhere else and I drive by, there's still a preschool here. Loving Jesus and sharing, sharing the gospel with little people. Um, and spread the news. If you can start telling people, we're starting preschool. 
and just see, we, we all know life and things happen by connection, right? By networking together, by doing it together. So if you can start spreading the word and, and see what God does. And the last one is to give. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So God has called you to this church, right? And God has called you to this school. So if you can give of your time, of your effort, of your resources, of your knowledge, of your skill, um, we will need techie people. We will need lots of hands and feet. We will need people to move things and, and go get things and bring things and fix things and do all the things. And so I think there's things that you all can do. And so if you can just say, hey, I don't know about that, but I can do this. You know, I can sort papers. I can put up shelves. I can drive to Ikea. Um, whatever you can do, um, we will, it will take all of us to do it. So um, I would like to close uh, just with praying for our preschool, if that's okay. All right. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you use average, everyday people to do big things because you're the big God, and you, you call us, and you love us, and you have destiny and purpose. And Lord, I thank you that you called this church, and you called us to start this preschool for your glory. And Lord, I just thank you for the little people that will fill these rooms, God. I thank you for the laughter and the joy and the giggles. I thank you for the light bulbs that will go off. I thank you for the opportunity for them to have an education and to have the life of Jesus be presented to them and the opportunity for them to know your saving grace. God, we thank you that this is bigger than us, but it's not too big for you. God, this is an amazing opportunity and we're just so thankful that you would trust us enough to give it to us Lord God would you stir our hearts and Lord I just thank you that implanted in each one of us is a vision of something maybe it's a preschool maybe it's a home group maybe it's a ministering to one person to disciple them maybe it's to start a company maybe it's to go to the nations. Maybe it's to go to a Christian college or to, to just spend time with you in the mornings. God, I thank you that you are looking for people who say yes. And today, as a church, to the preschool and to the things that you are doing, we say yes. To ministering to our young people, to connecting with each other, to reaching our community, to praying for the families and being there for the ones who lost their homes and lost their lives. God, we say yes to you. Church, can we say yes? We say yes, collectively and individually. Young people, would you say yes to him today? God, we thank you for 2022. God, we thank you for the year ahead. And it's probably going to have some hard times. Just because we flipped a day into a new calendar year doesn't mean everything's just better. But Lord, we have hope as we spoke and we sang about this morning. We have hope because we have you. God, I just ask that you would ignite a fire in each one of us to say yes to the small things and the big things. God, we join with what you're doing. We're not trying to start anything. We're trying to join with what you are saying and what you are doing. God, we thank you in advance for your favor, for your provision, for your discernment, for all the pieces that are going to come together, for the preschool, for the things that are in our hearts to do. And God, I thank you that it is about your glory and your kingdom and your people. God, I pray that as leaders in this church and leaders in our homes and leaders in our community, God, that we would keep you at the center of it all, that we would not get distracted with the things God, it's, a, it's about your people. Everything else will fade away. But it's about your people. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We say yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So just to kind of let you guys know um, the state recently reclarified the requirements of what it is to be a director um, and with that reclarification Kara came to us and said 
uh, I'm qualified now. I'm director qualified. I mean, she has to also, uh, like, apply, but she's met all the requirements. And so with that, we're like, okay, what do we do? And we decided to, to just go ahead and risk and to move forward. And we know it's ambitious. But I want to remind you guys, when we had this building and it was an indoor golf facility, we came under lease in November. And we had our first service here on Easter. So what is that? It was four, four months later. Uh, I want to say Easter was in, in March that year. Um, and so I know it's aggressive, but we can do it. Um, and I also want to, it was listed up there, talk about the preschool. We haven't asked anyone for money yet. Two different people gave $5,000 each simply because we were talking about it. And next thing you know, we get checks in the mail saying, hey, um, hearing you talk about it, stirred something within me, we want to give towards this. So that said, you don't even have to ask. Just start talking about it and let God stir vision in people. And I want to highlight something really cool. Um, the, the number 12 is a big deal in Scripture. Um, I don't know all the you know, ins and outs of, of the meanings of it. I, I know that... Um, let me look at this real quick. I, I had to look it up. I pulled a Chris. I Googled this. So uh, the number 12, um, it signifies the perfection of government or rule. And then looking at the uses of 12 in, the, in Scripture, um, um, the Old Testament book of Genesis states there were 12 sons of Jacob, and those 12 sons formed the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, the New Testament tells us that Jesus had 12 disciples or uh, apostles. Um, or disciples. Um, and according to the book of Revelation, the kingdom of God has 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. The number 12 is all throughout scripture. I say that to say exactly to the day, um, January 2nd of 2010, um, 12 years ago to the day, Impact Rock Church had our very first service. As of today, we are 12 years old as a church. So happy, happy birthday, happy anniversary. Um, and I think it's amazing that we make this announcement on this day because this is, this is huge, y'all. So um, thanks for, for sitting tight as we had um, just a lot to share. And we appreciate you guys. And let's dream together like Kara talked about. Um, I'll leave us with this blessing. And um, actually, I want to pray for us. God, you're good and you're faithful. And uh, we just declare right now that this is you and not us. And we trust you. Uh, we celebrate these 12 years together, and we don't take it lightly, Lord. Um, and we give you thanks for giving giving us each other and for assemblies together, assembling us as your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we stand as I give this blessing? Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to switch seats, though. <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an amazing day. Happy New Year and happy anniversary. 12 years.